Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Wisdom and Wealth, Pathways to a Life of Significance for You and Your Family. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and we'll have the star of our show, Mr. Frank Astorino of the Astorino Financial Group, joining us in just a moment. But look, first and foremost, we want to thank you for finding your way here back to the show. If you maybe missed our inaugural episode, or hey, if you did catch it, you know that we took a deep dive into really who Frank Astorino is, what he does on a regular basis with his clients over at the Astorino Financial Group. And then we we really got into the heart of wealth management. Specifically, Frank took a deep dive into this idea of the human element within wealth management, that real personal connection that he has with his clients to really get to know them on a deep level and understand what's most important to them. So that way, when going through the wealth management process that he has put in place, he's obviously incorporating those goals, aspirations, true values of his given clients. The human element is something we're going to be chatting about in many episodes to come. So if you did miss our first episode, I would highly recommend traveling back, checking that episode out because it really will be a foundation for so many conversations that we have moving forward on the show, including today's. Now for today's episode, we're really, we're going to start and dive headfirst into these different strategies that Frank is utilizing with his clients over at Astrino Financial Group. Today's discussion around a strategy that is pretty universally applicable. Uh, and, and I think a good way to really frame up today's conversation is just, is this. With everything that's been going on, you know, currently, politically, economically, socially, not only here, you know, in our country, but at the world at large, there are a lot of affluent families, individuals, business owners that are wondering if they're making the best decisions about their money. So today, Frank and I are going to be addressing that concept, that idea of uncertainty around finances at the moment, and what really can be done uh, to help somebody maybe sleep a little better at night when it comes to this. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring Frank out and get today's conversation rolling. Frank, good to see you. How are you doing today? Ryan, it's great to see you again, and thank you. I look forward to another episode. Yeah, Absolutely. Well. Yeah, absolutely, Frank. I appreciate you jumping back here with us, uh, carving some time out of your day. You're a busy guy. Um, Frank, I think a good spot for us to start our conversation today is let's just start by acknowledging, you know, what it is that people can be doing right now. Given that level of uncertainty I just mentioned, what can people be doing right now to kind of protect their money and allow them to sleep a little better at night when it comes to their finances? Great question, uh, Ryan. I think People have a little bit of a wiggle room right now since we think the market is uh, at least earmarked to be positive and uh, it's elevated, interest rates are low. So it's a good time to get a stress test. Uh, we, When people think of a stress test, they might think of going for a cardiology exam where they need an x-ray, they need blood work, they have to do an EKG, maybe they have to run on a treadmill. In finance and financial health, uh, there are so many money factors that go into analyzing a stress test. Uh, we look at their risk tolerance, which people often focus too much on just return. So we look for required rates of return. What, what do they have to make to, to achieve their goals? The effective rate of return is what the market can offer. So we have to bring balance between what their required return is and what's available in the market. Cash flow, what amount of withdrawal do they need to take for either retirement or education or for a lifestyle? 
longevity risk. We look at the timeline between now and their financial independence when they want to be not having to go to work. Volatility, can they handle, can they stomach the market uh, volatility? Should they be more in bonds and real estate or cash? Um, we look at the relationships that are impacted by their financial decisions. It's not just a you know, look at a look at a number and try to shoot for it. You got to think of who's going to be impacted. Your goals. What values are driving your goals? What are the stressors and the uh, motivators of your your goals and decision making? If you have a business, there could be as many as a hundred risks that you might not even be thinking about. And finally, um, we have things like single stock risk. We look and see if you have too much concentration in one stock. So again, just like the cardiologist, we want all the information we can to see what opportunities you might be missing out on, but more importantly, what could go wrong with your plan. Oh, Frank, I love that. So the, the stress test really as a whole, this is this strategy that we're going to be diving into today. Uh, and and given all the various factors that you just outlined for us, clearly we've got a lot you know to cover. We've got our work cut out for us today in today's discussion. Let's start with the why. How about that, Frank? Why maybe would you say this is such a valuable process that affluent families, individuals, business owners are utilizing uh, and considering right now, given everything going on, going on in our world, what is the why here? The why, and, and I, I refer back to, you know, what I do is less important than why I do it. I care about people and I care about their wholeness. Uh, and their wholeness is not only their finances and their money, but how they feel about their wealth and how they feel about the goals and the achievements they've had in life. So a stress test is, is often good to see if they're on track. People may want to beat the market and that's fine, but that's not what the goal is. We try to get them not to be trying to beat a particular market, but to see, are you on track to achieve your goals? Have you missed out or are you missing out on opportunities in the areas of tax mitigation or risk protection and cash flow? There are other ways of getting to what you need without, um, without that we don't want you to overlook. And then, you know, very often a stress test is the equivalent of a second opinion. You may be on track. And many of our clients who have been with us for 30 years are on track and and we have regular reviews to validate that sure sure so frank it sounds to me like stress testing overall in terms of looking at it and bottom lining it really it can be used to evaluate a few different key items and, and considerations why don't you outline what those key factors are within a stress test and uh just to kind of frame this up for us before we get even more granular with them so some of the technology that we use and the interview process, you know, we have a, we have a legitimate process that has worked for decades. Um, when we do a stress test, we wanna see, can the plan that you're on deliver the expected results? Were we using the right inflation rate for you? Back then it might've been 3% and now you have headline inflation of as much as 7%. Um, we have the technology to do what-if scenarios, and we might call them outcome scenario planning, looking at, you know, if I sell the house, or do I rent for a while, 
Do I uh, move to a different state that has a lower cost of living? We can plug in different scenarios and see how long your portfolio is going to last based on the assumptions we agree to. And again, we keep going back to, is there anything that might've been overlooked? So life is in a constant flux. Your goals and life transitions um, you know, are happening without always your control. So we help people identify what they can control. You can't control time, but you can control distractions and you can control your asset allocation and who you do your, your management with. You can't control everything. So that's where we come in to help you protect yourself from the events that you may have no control over. Sure, sure. Okay, I'm, I'm tracking with you here, Frank. And, and one thing I feel like would benefit our audience is examples. Everybody loves examples. Do you, might, do you happen to have an example for us? And this could be maybe a real life example, even a hypothetical one of maybe why someone would have been prompted to come see you and your team for a stress test. Maybe were they worried about anything in particular? Uh, give us an example, if you will, Frank. Well, we have many examples. Um, one, not necessarily uh, the optimal outcome, but why a person came to us. They were high net worth. They had a lot of real estate. They had also a lot of debt with that real estate, haunted by grandpa's uh, mantra saying, you're always going to have debt, get used to it. So this individual is highly leveraged with a lot of real estate, diversified in multiple states, had a single stock position that represented at least half of his wealth. He was charitably inclined and wanted to retire at 50. So we also know from a behavior standpoint that this individual um, carried a bias that was overconfident. He believed that the stock was gonna go to 20 when it was at 14. And while he had a business, which also represented risk, and he needed to start deleveraging so that he could meet that age 50 retirement, but he did not want to sell the stock. So he introduced him to at least three very sophisticated tax mitigation strategies. He did take one of them, which happened to be a charitable remainder trust, which he honored a relative um, and, and put a, a, a bridge over at the university. Uh, where she used to teach. And uh, we started to get him to lower his borrowing. He just was so convinced that that $14 was going to 20. And two weeks later, it plummeted. It ended up, it was a public stock. It ended up going to 75 cents and then went into bankruptcy. So that case, and I bring it up as an example because that became um, a motivator for me to not be shy about telling a client when we think they're making a mistake. You don't want to placate clients. You want, they're hiring you to actually um, steer them in the right direction. And, and when they're not following your advice, you have to make a decision whether this is the right fit or not. Okay, Frank, I appreciate that example, you know, and, and why somebody would have been prompted to come talk to you and, and get your opinion to, a, you know, that second opinion, that stress test process. But let's let's kind of flip it a little bit. Do you maybe have another example of, of maybe a stress test that you did conduct for a client uh, that may have really helped them? 
uh, given maybe where their portfolio is heading or or conditions in the market? You know, did you have any examples that you might be able to share of, of a stress test really coming and, and assisting somebody from maybe, you know, optimizing their portfolio or, or even, you know, adjusting them from any potential wrongdoing? Absolutely. Um, you know, parallel to a, corp a corporate executive, unlike the business owner, um, was going to be retiring and then go into consulting and go into business. And this individual also had a highly concentrated stock position. And the market as it is now was highly elevated and he had a huge uh, unrealized capital gain in that single stock. It would be a stock that everybody would recognize. So we took advantage of him going into consulting and recommended what's called a defined benefit plan where it would fix the amount of savings that he can have on a pre-tax basis. He had no other employees while he was consulting. So this worked out great. He was able to put as much as $200,000 a year into this during his consulting period. We also introduced him to a charitable lead annuity trust, which gave him a significant uh, tax deduction up front. It would provide income to a charity of his favorite cause, or causes for the next 15 years. And then when he really wanted to retire, he can get that principle back into his estate. And finally, we introduced him to an exchange fund, which enabled him to take that single stock position, diversify it into over 400 stocks and not have to pay any capital gains tax on it. So in, in short, this corporate executive, while not a business owner at the time, um, paid no taxes, got more diversification, and increased his retirement income for his lifetime and his spouse. That was a good story. Yeah, I would say so, Frank. So for anybody in our audience, Frank, I mean, I think uh, it, it goes to without almost saying that they're seeing the value in a stress test. They understand that there's different ways that it can assist people. We've walked through how, how and why it's valuable. I'd like to get into maybe what, you know, what, the, what are the keys, Frank, that you would say uh, are to having a stress test done well, because, you know, we see the value in the stress test, but making sure it's done effectively to really hammer home and adjust any, you know, areas that need to be adjusted or, or optimize a portfolio in any certain way, what would you say are the keys to having a stress test done well? Excellent question, uh, Ryan. I would say the, the first would be to have patience with the planning process and execution. Before we even take on a client or prospect, um, we go through three meetings and interviews to make sure that we're hearing and understanding the aspirations and the resources uh, that the client has. And, and that's important in the discovery process. And by the third meeting, we come to a mutual agreement meeting on what venue or pathway strategy is gonna be most appropriate. The second thing I would say is confidence in, in the advisory relationship. Experience is invaluable, especially, um, you know, it doesn't substitute necessarily uh, academic accomplishments or licenses or certifications, but it's really important that um, you have a seasoned individual that, or team that has been through these types of scenarios like we exemplified earlier. 
you want to be able to have conviction behind your recommendations. The, the third thing would be the information you provide has to be very accurate and supported with documents. You can't just print out a computer generated list of your stocks and bonds and debts and insurances. There has to be something that substantiates it so that we can go on record saying this was the data that we relied on uh, to base our planning and our assumptions. And then I think one of the, um, well, for the fourth thing would be to have honest answers and be open to the outcomes. You know, if you're, you know, worth 1.5 million and you're used to spending $400,000 a year and you're now 75 and you want to continue that lifestyle, that's going to be a tall order for any advisor. So you need to be honest about yourself and your resources and uh, be open to what the solutions and outcomes could be. And finally, I would say what's very important to us in establishing relationships is that we don't tell you what to do. We don't make the decisions for you. But if you follow the advice and you listen, or at least listen to our observations well, you will fare better than if you had no plan. So I think um, following the advice is often an indicator on if, if there's a good mutual relationship. Frank, we spent our first episode talking about this idea of the human element, you know, developing that truly personal relationship with a client, getting to know their, you know, what makes them tick, what's important to them in life, their goals, aspirations for the future, all the good stuff, you know, that makes us happy and fulfills our lives. That's a big part of what you do at the Astrino Financial Group is, is establishing that human element and weaving that into your wealth management process. Talk to me about where the human element plays a role within stress testing particularly. Ryan, more and more throughout my several decades of doing this business, I've been most intrigued and challenged by the behavioral aspect of it getting to know a client's history and why they are doing what they're doing or what that wealth means to them, what their accomplishments have been and what their aspirations are to be. I often find uh, a cross-section of biases that make our job particularly challenging and requires to be more patient, a better listener, and find the language that's going to reach them so that they're not feeling like they're told what to do. Um, these biases could be very damaging to them or very beneficial to them. Biases like the overconfidence bias, the buyer's remorse you know, bias, um, recency bias. You know, just because the market has done well doesn't mean that your portfolio isn't doing the right job because it took into consideration your risks, your taxes, your longevity, all of those factors that you might not be thinking of um, is not necessarily represented on a screen on TV. It's gotta be more personal. And the, the human element really deals with motivators and stressors. So it's important to motivate our clients to um, implement uh, the actions that are gonna get them to where they wanna go. The family dynamic is also um, very critical. You know, what's the communication issues between perhaps uh, partners, husband and wife? 
the children? What is going on internally uh, that, that impact expectations? And then finally, I would say um, the reality of resources and aspirations. We can come up with many different strategies to achieve the results that you want, but we have to deal with what you have and what you give us. And then we temper the aspirations with um, sound uh, time-tested solutions that have worked not only for our clients, but have worked for us individually as well. Frank, I, I love that. I mean, the human element, I had mentioned kind of at the beginning of our conversation today, this is something that we'll find it's weaved into really any conversation that we have, any strategy that you and your team implement, uh, because it is just, it's at the core fundamentals of, of any relationship between you and your client. It's just ever so important. But Frank, for those that may have missed our conversation uh, in our last episode, could you bring them up to speed maybe a little bit on, on how it is that you really get into the heart of a client's goals and values to understand what is most important to them? So that way you can factor that into the strategies that you and your team put forth. How, how do you do that? We have a five-step process which um, is geared towards each individual. And the first step is, is to do a, a in-depth discovery process. And, you know, part of it is experiential questions. Part of it is uh, defining questions that enable us to get a true picture qualitatively of their life and who they are. And, and from there, we go to the financial data. Uh, so we have checklists of uh, documents and wills and insurance policies and brokerage statements, um, mortgage statements that are going to help us fill in the puzzle as to where the opportunities are, because every aspect of finance has different corollary um, stratagems that, that have been tested. And we choose which ones would be appropriate to introduce to you. And then we can look at the scenarios and the outcomes of what that will look like five years, 10 years, 30 years from now, if the uh, assumptions are reasonable. Um, after you've gone through the process, the discovery process, we do a financial plan. Uh, in some cases, we do an advanced plan. In other cases, we have what's called a private client briefing where we'll set up a meeting with three to five distinguished professionals, whether they be in tax, investment, risk management, business consulting, and we'll set that up. It's a really about a three hour process. And then we will celebrate, go out to dinner, uh, do something to uh, memorialize that event. But essentially we do all that to demonstrate to the client that there's, there's broader reach that we have, even internationally, um, that we can draw from to help you achieve your goals. I love that, Frank. And, and as we're kind of bringing our conversation here to a head surrounding this idea of the stress test, really its value, I think we'd, it'd be really beneficial for our audience if you could take us through from the client's experience, really, what this stress test look, process looks and feels like from, from their seat. Uh, you know, what kind of questions are you asking them right off the bat? And then, of course, 
you know, what kind of analysis or assessment are they walking out of your office at the end of that meeting with? You know, take us through it from the client's eyes. Okay. So um, I think the deepest type of questions we might ask are what were some defining moments in your life and defining, you know, it could have been through marriage, birth of a child. It could be a loss of a job or an inheritance. There are so many different life transitions and events that that could happen, which ones were defining, you know, for you. Uh, another qualitative question we would ask is, you know, what does wealth mean to you? Plain and simple, and we'll just sit there and listen and let them talk about, you know, is it about security? Is it about control? Is it about never running out of money? What, you know, we, we try to get a feel for what are we going to be responsible for managing this wealth and what is it to and, and for? Um, the client is not going to be put on the spot and made to feel less. Uh, rather, it's we're going to be listening to where are the strengths? What are the um, resources able to achieve with the solutions and the toolbox that we have available and have perfected over the years. There's a lot of study that goes behind the scenes uh, for, for a lot of this uh, solution making. Um, not everybody is aware of what goes into a plan and a financial plan. And we have a team of at least eight people at a given time that are working towards that outcome. So the client really has to feel competence and feel in their heart that they can trust us because the media is not gonna do that for them. The stock market is not gonna do that for them. They really need to have a financial steward uh, that's gonna be sitting on the same side of the table with them throughout all of life's transitions. Oh, Frank, that's great stuff all around. And and honestly, I, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us and shed some light on, on really the value and the importance of this stress testing process overall. Frank, uh, final question to you. For anybody in our audience that took something away from our conversation today and they're seeing the value of a stress test and maybe even they're interested in, in reaching out to you and your team to get that second opinion, to maybe go through this stress testing process with you, what would you say is the best way somebody could reach out to you guys and maybe start this conversation with you? Uh, the, the first line of... Uh introduction would be to contact Karen. Uh, she's our client relationship person. And if she's not there uh, available, it would be Patty or Vicki. Um, those are the people on our front line that um, are there to receive you and tell you what we need for a meeting to make you feel comfortable that there's no obligation uh, to come in for a stress test or a second opinion. Um, you know, that that would be the first line. And then eventually you'll get to meet the technicians and the people who are doing the analytics because they keep you up to date. They keep your software and your online phone and tablets uh, to, to meet your needs at an instant. But when you sit, sit down with us and particularly with me, you have our full attention, you have our full engagement, and we want you to walk out of there like feeling relief and joy and, and hope and 
aspirations for all those things that you wanted to achieve in the first place. Fantastic. Well, Frank, again, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us here on the show. And uh, I'm looking to ha- looking forward to uh, getting back together with you and diving into another uh, different wealth management related discussion on our next episode. Brian, always a pleasure. We love doing this with you and we hope our audience is finding some benefit from it as well. All right. Absolutely. Thanks again, Frank. And look, as always, we want to thank you guys, our audience, right, for jumping aboard and being a part of today's conversation. If you liked what you saw today, took anything away from these conversations, do us a favor, like the show, comment on it, subscribe to it on whichever platform you're checking us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners, really anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. Because at the end of the day, we're taking the same conversations and strategies that Frank's you know, discussing with his clients on a regular basis. And we're bringing them right here to you on this show to provide value for you and help maybe put you on that pathway uh, to a life of significance. So for Mr. Frank Astorino, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you once final time for joining us on today's installment of Wisdom and Wealth. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.